Mr. Troublefield, would you please call the roll? Call the meeting to order. Mr. Barley? Here. Mr. Cappell? Here. Mr. Collins? Here. Mr. Fritz? Here. Dr. Hattier? Mr. Hudson? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Mr. Peden's? Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? Here. This is the regular board meeting for the month of October, and we have a quorum. Would everyone please rise for the presentation of colors? May be seated. <clears throat> Next item on the agenda is uh, Sussex Central Student Government. Good evening. Uh, my name is Zachary Abels, and I'm the Student Council Executive Board President for the Sussex Central High School. Um, I'd like to start out with um, our sports uh, over the month, uh, past month and a half. Our varsity football team has six wins and one loss, and our team is hoping to secure the division this Friday, and they are currently third in the state of Delaware. Um, our cross-country team, our boys have four wins, six losses, and our girls have two wins and eight losses. Our field hockey team, um, the girls have five wins and seven losses. Boys soccer has seven wins, three losses, and one tie. And the girls volleyball have eight wins and six losses. Our FFA program, uh, three advisors of our ag department have taken a group of students to Indianapolis, Indiana for the FFA convention this week. Uh, we wish them the best of luck, and we hope to be hearing about that when they get back. Our JROTC, uh, the Sussex Central Golden Knights Battalion held a battalion formation first period on October 27th, um, and numerous cadets were promoted. It was a great honor for them. Our National Honor Society inductions will be held Wednesday, November 14th. 
Um, not sure the number of inductees we have, but there are a good, good bit of them. Um, our homecoming festivities are starting next week, and our Spirit Week uh, themes are Movie Monday, Tacky Tours Tuesday, Way Back Wednesday, Color War Thursday, and of course, Blue and Gold Friday. Our Powder Puff game will be Wednesday, October 31st. Our Bonfire will be on Thursday, November 1st. And our homecoming game is Friday, November, yeah, November, November 2nd, with floats and crowning of the Queen. And our homecoming dance is going to be Saturday, November 3rd, and the crowning of the King will be held there. Uh, events we look forward to in the future are the canned food drive and the giving tree. Thank you. Thank you. In a motion to approve the agenda for this evening's meeting. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded in discussion. All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. In a motion to approve the regular meeting minutes of September 24th and the executive session minutes of September 24th. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded in discussion. All in favor of the motion say aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Special recognition. Mr. Barley, join the podium, please. and also community members for what they've done to help our school district. This evening we have uh, three particular recognitions we'd like to give out, and the first is special recognition for our community ambassadors. In honor of Special Education Week, the Special Ed Task Force, chaired by Dr. Heather Statler, would like to recognize the contributions of two community members who have contributed in a significant way to support special education in our school district. Task Force believes that special education ambassadors embrace and promote a culture of support and success for students with disabilities. Tonight we're honoring Mr. Jerry Hocker and Mr. Andy Timmons. As members of our community and local businessmen, and I'd like to add both Indian River High School graduates and former students, have helped us significantly this year in promoting our celebration for this week throughout media awareness. Through their generosity and willingness to give back to their school district, our message was reached, has reached hundreds of families. It is with deep appreciation and gratitude that we recognize you for your support, uh, particularly for this week. Uh, Mr. Hocker, I believe you're only one of the two here this evening, so please come up.
This evening, uh, for our second recognition, I'm going to ask uh, Ms. Jude, Dr. Judy Birdingham, our special education director, to please come forward. Good evening, everyone. Tonight, also in honor of Special Education Week, the Special Education Task Force, chaired by Dr. Heather Statler, has implemented various projects and initiatives throughout the district. This evening, the task force would like to present each elementary building principal with a book that promotes disability awareness by embracing diversity, promoting inclusion, and encouraging respect for all types of learners. The book, My Brother Charlie, is a story of a boy with autism and highlights the importance of hope, courage, and patience. It is our hope that this book will be used for read-alouds in the classrooms and as a conduit for conversations focusing on abilities rather than disabilities. So I'm gonna call up the elementary principals, East Millsboro, Lord Baltimore. I'm gonna go fast, that's okay. <laughs> Philip Chow. John and Clayton. Long neck. Georgetown Elementary. North Georgetown. Howard T. Ennis. The Carver Building, which can be shared between both the Early Learning Center and the Carver Elementary Unit and the Georgetown Kindergarten Center. Thank you, everybody. We have one student we'd like to recognize this evening. Uh, we've kind of got out of the, the shoots quickly this year with getting uh, honors within our arts program. Uh, I'd like to ask Zach Abels to come up, come forward. Sussex Central, High, Sussex Central High School student Zach Abels has been nominated to the All Eastern Band on the French Horn. The band's comprised of top students from 11 Northeastern states in the U.S. Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, 
New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, the District of Columbia, and the Department of Defense School in Europe. Zachary will now compete and audition uh, through the audition process with the hope of earning a place in the band for its performance in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in April. Come to the first public comment session for the last 15 minutes, <clears throat> excuse me, at the beginning and ending of each regular scheduled board meeting for anyone in the audience who wishes to make a public comment. Uh, no one has signed up for the first one. Mr. Maloney, do you want to do first or second? Second? Okay. Is there anyone else in the audience who wishes to make a public comment? Seeing none, we'll um, go to new business. School choice applications, Mr. Lewis. Mr. Barmer, before he presents those, I'd like to ask that we table these until after we've had the discussion about the possible policy changes that are going to be voted on this evening. Is there a second to our motion? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Ayes have it. Okay. Uh, tonight on board docs, you will find a total of 15 school choice applications. Uh, we are asking that third. Mm -hmm. yes. We're, we're, we table. We table. I'm sorry. We table your reasons. Okay, we table. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Next time, CBOC, Citizen Budget Oversight Committee. Howard TNS property lease for tilling, Mr. Fritz. Okay. Uh, building and grounds committee meeting. One of the items that uh, board action needs to uh, take place with is uh, uh, the grounds, the, the new Howard TNS property, total of 36 acres. Uh, proposal was received to a farmer to till it. Uh, there is a contract you see uploaded in board docs as a copy of the contract and at the uh, price per acre that uh, the farmer would pay to the school district to till that. Uh, if approved, then this contract would be written up and signed and put in force. If there's uh, no questions, the Building and Grounds Committee would uh, make a recommendation to move forward with this motion. Is there a second? Seconded. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 
Georgetown Middle School host bibs, Mr. Fritz. Okay. Another thing building around <coughs> committee meeting, um, the, the front of the building doesn't have any water access uh, for Georgetown Middle, so there's a proposal to put uh, frost-free hose bibs on the front. You'll see that the cost is uh, $5,800 coming from minor cap funding, and uh, the recommendation is uh, also to make a motion to approve this is there any other questions? Motion? Yeah, make, yeah, there is a motion to, uh, to approve this. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Uh, North Georgetown Elementary Playground Fund. Okay. Uh, there are two, two parts to this. The first, uh, we have a request from the building principal uh, regarding, it says remove, replace, but it's actually uh, replacing some swings at uh, the, uh, in the George, excuse me, replacing up some swings. The assistance will come from Georgetown Millsboro Rotary Club uh, using donations, no cost to the school district. Um, there's also a recommendation in here, and I believe that attachment is part of the, the next item that they're split up, but uh, also to remove a couple of slides that have deemed to be uh, safety issues at the school. And again, that work to remove those slides would also be done by the Georgetown Miserable Rotary at no cost to the district. So uh, there's a motion, uh, Building Grounds approves a motion to move forward with this recommendation. Okay. Need a second? Second. A motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Okay. North uh, Georgetown request for new sign. Yep. So you see on board docs, uh, if you scroll down, a, uh, an example of what the new sign will look like. And this also is a uh, proposal brought forth by the building principal. Um, you'll see the cost of the project. Uh, half of it's coming from North Georgetown Elementary PTO and half from the building donations account. And again, you'll see the new uh, logo and sign uh, posted on board docs. And recommendation, it, motion move forward to approve this as well. Is there a second? Second. second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? Raise your hand. The uh, Indian River High School bid for, for flu for water heaters. Okay. Uh, board docs, you'll see the attachment of bids that were received. Uh, uh, Mr. Booth had gone out and gotten the bids for the uh, installation of the, the flu at Indian River High School. Um, you'll see the bid bids there, and the motion is to move forward with the uh, lowest bid. Okay, so second. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Any River and Sussex Central High School uh, request for portable bleachers? Okay. Um, because of the amount of students, kids, etc., need for more space uh, at both schools and uh, opportunity to purchase 
two portable bleachers for each high school. So that's a total of four. You'll see the cost is the $5,090. Um, the units can be moved around pretty easily. So whether it's the football field, baseball, softball, tennis courts, uh, field hockey, wherever they're needed, and it'll provide more uh, uh, seating space for fans, etc. So make a motion to move forward with this recommendation as well. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you, Mr. Fritz. Old business, uh, major capital planning, Mr. Steele. Thank you, Mr. Marley. Uh, we are still waiting uh, official notification from DOE. However, uh, this afternoon, Ms. Jane Steele had a, an email exchange with uh, Jimmy Pennywell. Uh, I had a conversation along with Jay last uh, week. Uh, one of the things that we had presented to us, if, if you remember back at the night of the committee meeting, was that the state wanted to build a 2,000 student high school. And we balked at that. And we had a conference call uh, with Chuck Longfellow and Jimmy Pennywell, uh, Ken Fern, Wade uh, uh, Daniels on that call as well, as well as Jay and I and we were going through uh, costs. Now, one of the things that is an interesting twist is the size of the school. It's just a rather large school and they're not used to building new schools this large is what we're told. Uh, most school districts now would go with a third school instead of one big. However, we explained to them how in trying to save taxpayers money on the local side of this, by building one major high school we're able to then reuse what we have to cover our capacity issues in the northern elementaries and the northern middle. After about an hour phone call and going back and forth, we we left the phone, we left the, the conversation thinking 2200 is is something that we thought they were going to hear with us. Now, one of the things we did before, you know, we, we really, you know, showed satisfaction with 2200 we used our september 30th unit count numbers we dropped about 60 kids in north georgetown last year last spring so we did a recalculation of what our projections were our projections and we ran this two ways we ran a, we ran a model with linear regression line and with the um, the portion of just moving kids through and we looked at a two percent growth we, we looked at various things and we kept coming with it, and all the models were all saying the same thing. We're predicting to be somewhere between 1900 and 2000, probably closer to about 1950 in 2025 when the school would open. That would give us a 250 student buffer. Now, one of the things I think that, that they have a little concern is we just had a bubble in our projections. Now, I say bubble, that could be a trend. We really don't know. But we've noticed in the northern part of Georgetown, there's been a lot of movement to the western side of the county. We feel, uh, and I say we, Jay and I feel, after taking a look at our projections with the new September 30th numbers in, we believe 2200 would be a comparable size for us to build. We think it would give us about a 250 student buffer, which we think will last a good 10 years before we build back up to that point. Uh, I can tell you, the, the discussions that we had, we weren't going to get 2,400. 
that just was not going to happen. I did call Dr. Bunny the uh, following morning, and I thought, you know, she, she may have some play in the decision making. And we had started to hear, I say we, uh, Jan had started to hear from other business managers. They had already been contacted by DOE and they weren't getting things, um, which concerned me a little bit. So I called Dr. Bunny, had a conversation with her. She agreed by knowing the district. She thinks 2200 is a fair compromise and she thinks that'll work. And she had a meeting with Chuck Longfellow immediately after our phone call informed me that evening at the football game that we were going to be allowed to build a school size 2200. The good news to go along with that is the approval was also there for the eight classrooms at Indian River and the four classrooms at Selbyville. I was a little concerned with the way our conversation was going because other districts, I know Smyrna and some of few other districts who did not get um, any, anything approved for capacity would surprise me a little bit. I was concerned that we might not get some of those additional classrooms that we've requested. So the, the unofficial this evening would be a 2200 student high school in the north, eight classrooms for Indian River in the south, and eight classrooms for Selbyville Middle. The cost in the square footage will be figured out with the current formula that they use. It's ironic, one of the things that we discovered, Jay and I, is they only really have models to fit up to a 1600 student high school. So going this big, they have to extrapolate it out to see what that cost would be. I will tell you, you'd have been pretty proud of uh, Wade um, Daniels, Wade uh, from Fernican Daniel, because he was really, really pressuring them and at one point asked them, have you ever built a school before? So, you know, I was, I was a little concerned how they would take that and they took it rather lightly. They, they've heard it before from other architects. Uh, but those, those two had, uh, had the districts uh, back through this process and making sure to try to get every single penny we could get for this school. So we should, I'm guessing within the week, we'll have the official notification. Uh, as I said, we got the, the unofficial, I got it last week. Today we got an email um, from DOE saying, you know, this is what we're gonna get. Um, I, would, I, would, I would be honest with you, am, am I concerned? And I think it's my job to talk to you about this. I'm not. I think 2200 will be a size that we can, we'll be able to go at least 10 years out once the school's finished. Uh, a lot of talk with Sussex Tech, you know, what's going to happen, you know, if they change programming and, and some of those kids come back. What I see and what my prediction is for that, you'll see a wash because the kids that will want to go for a vocational program will be the kids that will now go to Tech. The, the other students probably will be more apt to stay within the district. Interesting questions. I'd like a motion from the board to approve this since we've already done the 24. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? It is unanimous. So with that being approved now, the groundwork will be laid to start with the referendum? Yes. That, uh, what my suggestion is, uh, between now and the next meeting, we'll look at our calendars. And we will start looking at possible dates and we'll need to come up with a plan in time of when we think the best opportunities to come for the first referendum. We'll begin the process now of preparing our uh, program to take out to the public uh, so that we can go. It's gonna be an interesting case because we will be able to show 
by doing this this way, we're going to be able to save district district residents a lot of money on the local side of it. Okay. Next item is uh, Howard Ennis. Howard Tannis. He had some movement on Howard Tannis last week on the property. Uh, we we knew when we did not get the letter of no contest from Dell Dot that we were a little concerned with that. We weren't sure where that was coming from. Uh, however, uh, there was a meeting this week with um, Dell Dot, and that was on the 17th last last Wednesday. And they're interested in taking a look at the property and the turn lanes and how much land is going to be dedicated for easements on the property and about the signals and the average daily traffic. The CDA engineers for the project uh, are going to get information back to them within the next two weeks. They also believe DelDOT has enough information on hand and they're checking to see if they have enough information to make a projection. And they want us to show on our preliminary plan where those particular entrances are going to be. What they're actually doing is, is, is really going to help a little bit. It's going to push us back about four weeks or five weeks until it gets through DelDOT and we get our letter of no contest and then go back to get the property subdivided. But it also gives us a jump start on the approval process of things like the traffic signals, probably where they're going to go, and also the entrances to the building from both directions out on Patriots Way. So we're not anticipating any major issues. It's just a process that DelDOT's making us jump through. Uh, one of the things that could be affected by this is the projection to have Ennis complete was, was July 2021. Um, it will take 18 months to build that school once they break ground. I thought that was a rather quick process. Uh, but Ken Fern assured me they can build that school in 18 months. So uh, with, with pushing this back a little bit, it's going to be a little later. We are looking to have it completed in December of 2021 instead of July. So they're going to be pushing that back about four or five months. Uh, we'll have to look at move dates, see if it's feasible to move. It is going to depend a lot on what equipment we have in that building for the kids. And it would have to be a turnkey if we move in in December, but we're going to have to play that by year. Now, of course, we've been through the building process before. We know when we get in the permit stage of things with DelDOT and with DENREC, that can slow construction down. So we just have to keep that in mind. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to push is the traffic safety. I think uh, Captain Layfield had, had mentioned that before. Concern with traffic, particularly out on 113 and Avenue of Honor. Uh, even the intersection down right across from the Stokely Center and the other intersection. I, I can't think of the road. Zor Road and Peterkins Road. Yeah. And Patriots Road. Looking, at, looking at possible traffic lights at those three locations. So hopefully we can get some of this resolved before we even get to turning in the permit stage. I will tell you that in the planning process, there's been about $3 million set aside for these major components should we have to do some of that. Any Thank questions? <clears throat> Need a motion to table 503 and 504 until after executive session. So moved. Second. Motion made is second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Uh, committee reports, athletic fields, Mr. Fritz. All right. A lot of uh, what was discussed at the uh, Building Grounds Committee has already been mentioned uh, this evening. A few, few remaining items just bring people up to date. Uh, we have a couple of projects that are still uh, moving forward. One is the 
the, the roofing at uh, Philip Shaw and SDSA. Uh, they are, uh, as of right now, I guess there's still no date, Mr. Booth, as to. Uh, Okay, great, thank you. And then also the underground tank storage at Georgetown, North Georgetown Elementary was uh, discussed and that's a solution to continue to look forward. And the uh, bus parking lot here at Sussex Central High School also was discussed and that project is, is moving forward. And other than that, everything else has already been, uh, been discussed this evening. I have a question, Mr. Fritz. You received any feedback from the public on the Bermuda grass fields? The only feedback that I've gotten has been favorable. Um, anybody that I've talked to, uh, particularly up in Sussex Central and where I live, has all been uh, has all been good. I'm amazed with how sh sharp it looks here at Sussex Central, the football field, the wet weather we've had, and how it's held up, and also field hockey. I'm just impressed with one year growth where we are. I understand there's a few lingering issues we have with some compacted soil at Indian River Stadium, but their field hockey. I'm getting rave reviews from at least three or four fields and the one field they're having a little issue with they think they're going to be able to work through so we've had a pretty wet fall and i know there's been some fear about particularly football fields getting torn up with as wet as it's been but uh, both fields have held up both football fields have held up uh, tremendously well and uh, right now i think look uh, look uh, excellent and uh, it's amazing too, you know, it's not even been uh, six months since that grass has been uh, in place. So. And you need to remember, it's not just football's playing in those fields, soccer. Is soccer also too. Playing. So they're, right. they're, getting, they're getting hit pretty hard. Yeah. Now I think they look in great shape and the only comments that I have been told may have all been positive. Great. Comprehensive school safety, Mr. Bayfield? Well, we had a meeting before our uh, September board meeting that went well feedback from all the schools and I, th I think we'll wait till uh, maybe November. I know there's some monies that have been allocated to the district and we're looking at where we're going to be able to spend those. So rather than talk about those now, we'll, we'll talk about those at the November meeting when we have a little more clarity, but money is being uh, allocated to the district for uh, school safety. We'll pick that up in November. Questions with comprehensive school safety? Thank you. Finance will be covered when Mr. Steele gives her report. Uh, quick one, Mr. Hudson. Yes, a um, couple topics that we discussed. First one was the uh, system and process for uh, use of novels and supplementary materials in our schools. Uh, the curriculum uh, team has reviewed the form, made some adjustments, and the uh, committee will be uh, fully immersed in, in making these recommendations on extra uh, supplementary materials or novels moving forward. Uh, district learning walk update. Uh, learning walks will be occurring each month in our schools and the summaries will be shared with the principal who can then share it with his, his or her staff. Uh, the Delaware system of student assessments was uh, shared with us at the meeting. And finally, the elementary science pilot has been put on hold because of funding at the state level. Uh, that concludes my report. Okay, <clears throat> thank you. Any questions for Mr. Hudson? Mary Bailey Scholarship, uh, Chairman, is uh, Mr. Peden is un unavailable this evening. Uh, Spaceway Education Task Force, Dr. Stoutman. Yep. So just a couple of updates. Uh, this week we are celebrating Special Education Week, which aligns with the state of Delaware, uh, celebrating October as Disability Awareness Month. 
So I know in past months we've talked about some of the things that are happening this week, and I just want to highlight a couple. Um, our theme for the week is diversity, inclusion, and respect. Our elementary schools are hosting our book readings and their classes. Middle schools and high schools have completed projects, bulletin boards, uh, post-it note campaigns that promote our theme, um, and various other activities. We are hosting a parent focus group this Wednesday, the 24th, at Millsboro Middle School at 6 p.m. Uh, a, a reminder that this is for any parent or community member who would like to have an informal conversation with us about their special education ideas or initiatives that we may want to consider in the future. Um, and also today we hosted a kickoff event at Howard Tianis for our SafeAbility series um, that also includes some other students, but this program is focused on school safety, social safety, and life safety skills. Uh, and I know I've said it before, but I do want to sincerely thank the Georgetown Police Department uh, for partnering with us on this project. The benefit to our students is tremendous, um, and we're really looking forward to seeing how this project will develop. Thank you. Any questions for Dr. Statton? Okay, thank you. Okay, policy, Mr. Collins. Good evening. Um, as you'll see tonight, we have our wonderful choice policy coming before us for a second reading. What I'd like to do is just go through it quickly because there have been a few changes since the last time we met. Uh, again, on the first page is the inclusion of the definition of our feeder pattern. Uh, on the second page, <clears throat> under returning students, the second bullet, we've added the language for in-district and non-district choice students currently enrolled in the kindergarten center, fifth or eighth grade, seeking to move to the next building level within the designated feeder pattern of that school. Not included in returning students are choice students enrolled in the district Spanish immersion, IB, and STEM programs who are terminated or withdrawn from the program meaning if a student transfers or choices into the district and for some reason doesn't meet the standards of the program or drops from the program, he's no longer a choice student in that school. Um, the second bullet under there is any SDSA student attempting to move to another um, school building within the district other than his or her own home school. So if you choice into SDSA and you want to go to another school within the district, other than what would be your normal home school, then you're not a returning student. You would have the choice into that school that is not your home school. Um, if you go down um, under to the bullet, the priorities, <clears throat> the criteria for the applications, again, one through three are set by the state. So those we don't change. Um, number four is for the out of district siblings. And again, there's no change to that because that's as our current policy is. The difference is we've moved district students up to number five. So you'll have the three set by the state. Number four is the siblings of children currently in the district. And number five would be your in-district students. Again, this is for choice. Um, you'll see the additional language under six for children employees holding a permanent position that meets state requirements for a pension eligible position. And the last change will be uh, three paragraphs below number seven on page four. And you'll see it relates to building capacity. Um, and if, I, if you would allow me the entire paragraph, the district may, again, may 
disapprove an application because of a lack of capacity in a particular program or school. For the purpose of this policy, lack of capacity means the school program calculated projected enrollment for the following academic year to be at least, and we're staying with 85% of its building capacity. Not grade level capacity, but actual building capacity. And those are the changes to the policy that we are looking to move forward with. I'm going to make a motion that we approve <coughs> as presented. It's got one discussion point, yes, and uh, it was explained to me. My concern was a student that is an SDSA district student, because it happens with some students that want to participate in athletics. They leave SDSA to go to either Southernville Middle, Georgetown Middle, or Millsboro Middle, and the student would like to go to a middle school that is not in their feeder program or where they reside. And it was explained to me that they will not be defined as a returning student. However, because of us revamping the numbers of choice students, that district student will move to fifth and more than likely still be able to accomplish their choice by going there. That is correct. I, I just wanted to explain that because I know it was a concern and I, I've seen it with a few different students, but we moved the district students up and that's been kind of my one of my concerns is I think we should give some treatment, special treatment to our district students over some of those. And, and with that, with the other, with the um, the in-district, out-of-district siblings, as, as we wean away the number out-of-district students coming in, those siblings coming in, that number's going to drop. Yep. So it's going to put our in-district students ahead of those trying to come in. Understood. Didn't mean to interrupt, but that was a concern I had that we had discussed and Mr. Steele had discussed. So I was happy. Mr. Collins, if you, if I, I gave each person a report and say, I thought I'd email it, but I hadn't. This report, it, and it shows this, if you take a look at starting at kindergarten, kindergarten, going up to 12th grade, you will see the last two years, the number of kids in the kindergarten, first grade levels decrease. So we, we've already started to decrease those numbers. There is a significant more students in our district that choice that are already in district kids than out of district. Um, I think on about 28 of the, of the out of district kids are at SDSA. So this policy we've worked on that we feel that we can accomplish what the board wanted. Number one, we don't want to bring in new out of district students into the school district. Number two, we want to look out for the district kids. If we can all, at all possible do that, we want to make sure we put that to a priority where we can look at those and the board can decide how they want to proceed with them. Now, one thing I will tell you, we learned today, uh, Mr. Steele did a calculation, and we've, we've used numbers over the last two, three years with the net loss or the net gain due to choice. This year's number has reached the net loss for our district of $700,000. So that has gone up, and by not bringing in out-of-district kids, we've seen that number in the last year really, really jump. One of the things that we were talking about in the cabinet today, we need to spend time figuring out why kids are leaving. You know, we, we've not really explored that the way we need to. We think along with our strategic plan, we're to the point where within, hopefully by next month, we'll be ready to do the surveys. We're gonna ask and put a special section on the surveys to ask parents of district students who have choice out of the school district we're going to come up with a series of questions to ask them to answer for us so we can have some idea of why we're seeing that net loss. 
that's a that's a big amount of money to lose. Keep in mind, you know, I'd rather have the students, uh, and and I, I think we need to take a good hard look at our programs and what we're doing, and see if we can do something to be to keep these students in our district as much as possible. My only and I just for a clarification point on again on capacity. So if we when we make this policy tonight that we're going to go 85 percent we're not going to exceed it not going to exceed the 85 percent of the capacity within the schools am i correct what the, the policy says that they we may but i'm getting ready to may but so my question is going to be before we talked about this and i looked at it and it says you may what grains would it be that you would not do it disapprove it if we're over capacity we always rely on them. When these go to the principals, the principals make the approval and bring it to us. Here's what we have to look at, Ms. Wright. For example, East Millsboro this year, uh, kindergarten situation we have where those numbers went up 28, 29. Mm -hmm. We absolutely do not want that to happen. So we, we, we have caps on our, uh, on our numbers uh, that we've worked on for programs and so forth that we're gonna to try to cap. And one of the things that we've always done in the past, we always go to the principal. You know, we, we, we give the principal prerogative to say yay or nay on a district kid. Our biggest push on our end is we, don't, we want to stop out of district. That's what we want to control or curtail. In district, if we have three kids move from this school to that school, we may be you know, giving this school some more space over here. We may have a little bit more room over here to play with. So we're moving our own kids around when it's an in-district choice. So it's funny, if you, watch, if you look at these numbers on this report, I'm going to pick on East Millsboro just because that school jumps out at me. We have more kids choicing, it looks like, other than School of the Arts. When you look at East Millsboro, everybody wants to go to East Millsboro. And I'm talking in-district and out-of-district. So there are some key schools we're going to have to look at and you know, it's not going to be an automatic rubber stamp, but we can bring it to the board and we can make a recommendation. The board can approve it or the board can disapprove it. And it would be totally up to the board to discuss and go forward with what they want to do. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and tell you that there, you know, would, there may be discussion on kids that come in the future. That could happen. However, I do think it's our obligation for my office, for my folks to come to you with numbers, so that you know exactly if we do this, what kind of numbers are we looking at, how's it going to impact the school before you make a decision. One of the things we haven't done before, we haven't given you a report like you have this evening where it breaks it down for you. And when you look at that, that's probably something you should have every month. So you can see exactly how it's going to affect your decision whether to approve or to disapprove.
moved out of district or out of that particular area right now. And I'm, uh, oh, okay. I'm oh, good calls, and I've read it and read it and reread it because of some of the incidences that we've had where we've had kids from another district come in and it's right. under this quote unquote good calls. But when it says, There's, a, there's kind of an open end, right. and I, that's just, I, I have a hard time with that, cause that's, so is, is this good cause, the whole part of good cause, DOE, or is it some of it, all of it? Yeah, that's the DOE. Yeah. And then so what the committee has to do is try, try to set their own parameters of what uh, they feel would be. So there's some easy ones in there, you'll see that um, bullying, Foster care. You can see the ones that are yeah, really it's, it's something in here that's so outlandish yes. that it's like anybody could always do it. It is. It's yeah. the very last. It's the and very I, last I, thing. I, so there are circumstances consistent with this definition of good cause. So, being on the committee, we have folks that have this set of circumstances, and then it's up to that committee to then have the discussion of is the set of circumstances outside of the child's control, we talk a lot about that. Um, does it fall um, more within? Um, for instance, we talked about one recently that was not bullying, which would meet the definition, but it was something that we felt would be maybe consistent with what the bullying would be considered. It was uh, you know, similar to that, although we didn't elect to go with that particular law in the same circumstances. But you are correct. of what good cause would be while also being somewhat flexible in um, situations that would be similar to what we have defined here. So do we have a set of circumstances that you go by? What the committee has discussed, and again, this is the first year we had a committee, which I'm glad that yes, Mr. Stewart said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we have said is a um, kind of our, our rule is circumstances that are out of the child's may not be something that, or and or the parent, it's something that is beyond the control that would put them in a situation where we felt like it would be, they should be remaining at that school, at that school, or it would be appropriate for them to um, be part of school choice. That's kind of what we've said, but really, um, really it's a case by case, and we've got some interesting ones that we I honestly believe this, folks. I wouldn't tell you this if I didn't believe it. I don't know what else we can do with this policy. I, I think we have, have, have got this so specific at this particular point. It's going to require a lot more work on our end, but I think it's, it's better. And at least we can come to you with, with better data to make a decision. Is there a second to Mr. Collins' motion? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Unanimous. IREA rep.
Uh, good evening. Happy special, special Education Week to everybody. Um, with that being said, I'd like to bring the attention to uh, the workload that is placed on special education and dual certified teachers. Um, you know, the time it takes to complete IEPs and tasks and around that. Um, we all know that time is valuable, so hopefully um, our district is looking into a way to expedite the tasks and everything that uh, deals with the IEPs. And I know a lot of them are state mandated, but um, anything the district could do to help in that area would help. Um, next, I, I know there was a school safety issue that was brought up, and Mark, you were going to bring it to the uh, cabinet. Um, and it was, it was brought up, and it's a concern that came up again to us. Um, it's about parents coming to the schools and unannounced and, some, and even announced and having lunches with their students or their kids. Um, so it's, it was an issue that was brought up and it was going to be taken to the cabinet and any time that the, if there was a discussion on that, we'd like to kind of get an update if there is one. Um, next, there's been several requests around the parent conferences um, to conduct the, conduct the uh, survey again about the parents con parent conference times. So we're hoping that um, that survey can be conducted again in the spring um, prior to the finalization of next year's school calendar, just so we're, we're accurate with that, with the times that people want to have those conferences. Um, and listening to the school choice um, stuff, um, I know that students, if they decide to stay in this district, um, doesn't that just overcrowd us more? I mean, I know that the money, I realize the money leaves, uh, but we have a solid plan for our finances, and we've kind of budgeted for this amount of people leaving each time. So isn't our main con concern now space, not the funds that leave with these 140 students? I mean, I get it, but if they stay, then we're even more bursting at the seams. So this is kind of something we need to think about because I, I remember in the past, we put forth a commercial that brought everybody into the district. And now we're, if we're looking to sit, you know, not have these people leave, I can see we definitely want to know why they're leaving, but if we end up keeping them all, have we thought that one through to see where we're going to put them? Um, and speaking of the finances, I know that um, that uh, the administrative salaries step or leveling has gone into place. That's been finalized. I'm happy about that. Um, the, we're hoping to address the only outstanding group of employees. We're looking forward for the paras to push their negotiations and get that process moving. I know they've been waiting a long time to to start that. Um, I'd like to thank Celeste for helping move forward the, uh, with the clarification of the, the uh, transfer and application process. Since we had the uh, contract language changes in seniority, we've had a lot of questions come up and Celeste has been helping us out to put a more transparent process in place. So that way we can answer a lot of the questions that occur a lot quicker. So um, I know that's a, a daunting task along with that uh, seniority list, but. Um, she's been on it, and we thank her and her staff for that. Thanks. Mark, I have just a question. When you're talking about security and in and out of the school for having lunches, is that other than school lunch week? Because we always no, I think we, I think we, I think we have some schools who allow parents to come in at lunch other than school lunch week. Um, I'm not sure. I know East Millsboro, I believe, uh, does that. So uh, the parents are, right the parents are vetted when they come in. I'm sorry? Uh, the parents are vetted when they come in with our identikit, so we know, you know, the people coming in are okay to come in and do that. 
So I guess I don't understand the safety part of it. If there's a concern about the safety with the parent in there other than school and lunch, to have lunch with their student. Is he alluding to? I'm not sure I know it was brought up in liaison with uh, secretaries more than anybody else. We did have a discussion of, you know, additional bodies in the school that were one responsible, although we are checking in through our monitoring system coming in to ensure that they're not a criminal or a sex offender. Um, they are then in our building and we need to make sure they're there, they have their lunch and they're in out. So we have had some discussions with schools just trying to get a figure of how many we do have coming in. So we're still working on that, trying to see. Certain, definitely some schools have a higher population of parents becoming in eat, whereas some schools have very few at all. And some of our schools have adopted policies on how they handle it. The parents can come in. If they come in, they then have a little side area where they may eat. There are some schools that that's not going to be possible until we begin to shift the way that we operate, because there's so many Next, next item, superintendent's report. Uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have put my activities in uh, for your perusal. The couple things I do want to highlight, uh, Dr. Layfield and I went up to the Rotary Club in Georgetown on the 2nd and did a presentation. Very well received. Uh, I went out on the 16th last week to Senator here in Georgetown and was there for about two hours doing a presentation to, uh, to a group of folks. And, I want to tell you folks, both presentations very well perceived. Took the time to go through the process of our major capital. Um, they, really, they really thought that that was a great idea uh, to, to build the way we're building to try to save the taxpayers money. Um, reviewed everything that we've done this year, all the major approvals from the board, and you know, it came away with both groups being very supportive. We'd also done the Rotary in Long Neck with the same result, and I'm scheduled to do Gwana's Club in Georgetown in early November. So we're trying to get out to all of our community groups beforehand, uh, before we you know, go out with our, our presentation for a major capital referendum, and, and try to get, you know, let the, let the community know what we're doing, how we're doing it. Also giving them a, an idea financially of where we are at this particular point compared to where we were about a year, year and a half ago. And I can tell you, in, in those areas that I have been in, in that discussion, just of the financial health of the district, you know, people seem to be very, very pleased with the decisions the board's made and with the money that we've been able to put away and the fact that we're still, you know, earmarking, you know, $2 million for, for this year's budget to go into the reserve as well. So this will put us in a, a very good, you know, position. The other thing I wanted to highlight is the, uh, same day at the presentation, we had State Teacher of the Year dinner in Dover, Courtney Wake, North Georgetown was our representative. Um, I think this is about the biggest Teacher of the Year we, uh, we've ever had. I think there were 10 teachers from uh, North who went to support Courtney. And it was a, it was a good evening. The uh, young lady from uh, Seaford uh, was the winner, but it was a very good evening to be there. Um, you know, a lot of the, the local politicians were there and were speaking. Um, but it was a good evening and uh, very proud of Courtney. She's done a good job. She spoke at our uh, academic achievement banquets for our underclassmen, both at the uh, here at Sussex Central and Indian River, did a fantastic job. Calendar changes. We have uh, three requests. Georgetown Elementary Holiday Concert would like to be moved from December 11th to December 12th. 
East Millsboro Elementary Forum concert would like to move December 18th to December 11th. And East Millsboro uh, February PTO meeting from February 14th to February 7th. Do we second? So where the, the, the three calendar changes we'd like we'd like to need a motion for approval. So moved. Second. Motion made and second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Financial reports. Mr. Barley, just remember we need to go back to school um, choice applications, but we table it until after that. Um, after we adopted a new policy. Not executive session, but after we adopted a new policy. Can we do this and after? Uh, oh, just as a reminder. Okay. We need a motion to pay the regular invoices for the month of September. So moved. Second. Motion made and second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Mrs. Steele. Hi. Good evening. Um, you have your financials in front of you from um, the end of September. We are 25% of the way through this fiscal year. Um, we've received 60% of our total revenue and 28% of our discretionary revenue. Um, we've expended 27% of our total budget and 34% of our discretionary expenses. Howard Tienis has spent 33% of their total budget as of this date. Um, the tax deposits from July to September of this year were roughly $7.9 million, and for the same period last year, I'm sorry, $9.7 million, the same period last year, there's $7.4 million. We've received $24,000 in interest revenue. That's interest the state pays us on our local dollars. Um, safety and security, as of the end of September, we had $39,000 remaining. Um, student services and support, and there was $647,000 remaining. We use those funds for textbooks, um, technology, um, student support such as bus cameras, and the student activity funds. Um, we have 3.3 in um, federal funds, 3.3 million in federal funds available, and our school donation and internal accounts or a little over 1.1 million. Major cap, we had no activity this month. And minor cap, we have 737,000 available. We spent 123,000 in September. And um, since we have our October um, tax deposit, I will be requesting the FY19 minor cap funds um, this week. Any questions? Anyone have any questions? Okay, thank you very much. Okay, at, th at this time we'll uh, go for school choice applications again, Mr. Lewis. Again, on uh, board docs, you will find a total of 15 school choice applications. Uh, 13 we are asking to accept. Uh, these are students, if you have uh, reviewed your board docs, these are students who have moved outside of the, uh, that particular building attendance territory and they're asking to return and um, to, uh, to be rejected. Uh, they went in front of the good cause committee and we are asking for those two to be rejected. So again, 15 uh, total applications, 13 to accept, two to reject. And these uh, applications have been reviewed by building principals 
also by uh, Dr. J. Owens, Assistant Superintendent. Schools, the, the five are the five out of district are the ones that have, were in district students that have moved out. That is correct. But yes. are wishing to stay here because yes. they were here. That is correct. Okay. And then all six at LB are all in district um, students just transferring from one in district school to another. Correct? That is correct, yes. Sir. I'll make a motion to approve. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Unanimous. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Thank you. Communication, Mr. Steele. Uh, Mr. Barnett, we have had a, a use of facility request by the uh, Lighthouse Christian School uh, basketball team for the use of law Baltimore gym on Mondays uh, beginning December 3rd through March the 4th, excluding December the 24th, 31st, January the 21st, and February the 18th. Uh, I would uh, recommend that we approve that. Is there a motion? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Field trip request? Instead of going through each individual field trip, uh, there are four. There are eight field trips total. There are four from Sussex Central's wrestling team. There are four from Indian River's wrestling team. These are all overnight tournaments. Um, and you know, through the process of this, the Bush organizations uh, pays most of the cost of the students, uh, particularly you know with the, with the rooms and things of that sort. I would recommend all eight be approved. So moved. Second. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? <clears throat> that is unanimous. Now come to the second public comment. Same rules as before. We have one person sign up, Mr. Maloney. Good evening, folks. Back to school choice. Why you delayed your vote? right now till later on in the meeting for school choice you didn't have to you didn't change your policy mr collins you must read your changes to the policy word for word not once but twice before the body votes on the change of your school choice policy so there's no need to delay your school choice application still just a little while ago. That could have gone on at the same time. So basically you voted. This was your first reading because of the changes you made from two weeks ago at the policy meeting that I was at looking at it and you still even have changes from two weeks ago. That was your first policy. So you're back to square one. You technically on your new policy for school choice was the first reading tonight. Next month, if you don't change any words, then it'll go in as the second. You cannot be adding, subtracting, dividing, multiplying, whatever you want to call it. It must remain the same for two readings. 
So, you've had reading one tonight. Leave it, vote on it next month, then you can make your school choice policy official the way you read it tonight. Not as before, okay? Keep going. One minute, thank you. <laughs> I did have something for you, Mr. Steele, but I won't. Oh, I do want to remind the uh, school board also, as we talk safety and security, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not a Facebook user. I don't visit your website to look at your Facebook to see what remarks are made, this and that. But I do hope the school board, with our safety and security funds, is also making changes to Facebook, especially after, I forget how many, 50 million people's accounts were hacked off of Facebook. And I think your larger organizations, school boards, companies, et cetera, et cetera, would be more vulnerable than a single individual sitting at home on, <laughs> at home. On it. So I would hope the school board would seriously check into that and see if there's higher security things that can be placed on that to protect anyone that does participate in your Facebook, Instagram, or whatever you guys run. I don't do the social media. I don't believe in that. So thank you. But again, check it out. <clears throat> thank you. Is there anyone else in the audience who wishes to make a public comment? Seeing now, we need a motion for executive session. So Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Now, executive session. <laughs> Personnel agenda. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Uh, personnel addendum. Motion to approve. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Celeste, there's no contractual with her. Okay. Um, cafeteria. I, I make a uh, motion that we approve the uh, personnel contract that was proposed for the cafeteria workers. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. I also make a motion that we approve the contract proposal to the, that was presented for the cafeteria managers. So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. And for the business coming before the board meetings adjourned.